1: Holly. hey dave what's happening today on the what difference does it make podcast
2: we have a lot happening today on the what difference does it make podcast it is another rock and roll hall of fame kind of day
1: yes we've got our first vocalist hall of fame vocalist and wilson of heart
0: woo!
1: yeah yeah you could woo all you want dick lighter come on <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll. She's in our small virtual studios today, and we're going to talk about her solo album that's out right now. It's called Fierce Bliss, and she's got some great originals, some wonderful covers, recorded in an iconic recording studio, and we get into all of that.
2: And there may be some outtakes, some clips from this interview on YouTube, so check it out. Just search for What Difference Does It Make Podcast?
1: Okay, so youtube.com backslash What Difference Does It Make Podcast?
2: And also, you will find some on our social media at WDDIM Podcast. All other social media,
1: love it. Well, let's get into it. We've got Ann Wilson waiting to talk to, so let's do that right now
2: on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Hi, Ann Wilson. Hi, how are you? I love your glasses. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I've got a storm going on here. Where are okay. you? Where is this storm? Are you are you on the East Coast? North Florida.
1: North Florida. North Florida. What? Why? Uh, what's in North Florida right now for you? I live here. Oh, is that right? I've
0: lived here for five years, yeah. Close to St. Augustine.
1: I guess those, the same intensity with the Seattle storms and, and Florida storms, or is there a big difference?
0: Oh, they're much more intense in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle is more like, you know, nine or ten months out of the year, it's just this gray, dreary drizzle with a maybe a couple of snows, you know. But Florida, like all summer long, you get these thunderstorms and monsoon rains all summer long. Just in the afternoon, and then it moves on, and you've got beautiful weather. So, but when it rains, it just pours. It's like a Southern Baptist downpour. You know?
1: <laughs> so, would you call that weather a fierce bliss? Is that uh, is that what's going on there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you call
2: it fierce for sure. Yeah,
1: and uh, followed by bliss.
2: Not so, not so blissful.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> afterward. I mean, it's an, kind of an oxymoron: fierce bliss. Can you explain the title of the album?
0: Well, it just describes how I felt when I was doing the songwriting and recording the record. I mean, I enjoyed it so much, so intensely. And uh, there you have it.
2: How did you end up in Nashville for this one? And have you ever had you ever recorded there before?
0: Never recorded in Nashville. A lot of this record was recorded down in Muscle Shoals in Alabama. Yeah. And parts of it were done in Nashville and parts were done up in Connecticut at the power station. By New Haven. But so it's it's basically a Southern recorded album, you know?
1: Does it feel that way? I mean, is that the being in those different locales influence what, how you chose a cover song or, or your songwriting process?
0: Yeah. No, I would have come up with the same songs if I would have been living in England. It's not like a geographic picture of the album. It's the musicians are the most Southern thing about it. I met them at Muscle Shoals. They just came into play for me and then we hit it off so much and it sounded so great that we decided to become a band. So now we're a touring band and a writing band and all that. With
2: cover songs, how do you end up choosing them? I mean, the choices are phenomenal, but how do you end
0: up choosing them? Oh, they're just songs that I love so much. I have to be them. you know. I have to get inside them. I'm not satisfied until I can sing them myself type stuff. Like the Jeff Buckley song and the Bridge of Sighs by Robin Trower, Love of My Life with Vince Gill. Those are all songs that just I just love so much. It's so satisfying to actually be the voice of them.
1: A lot of these songs are kind of you know, like Missionary Man. It's just a song that that everybody knows. Where's your entry point? How do you find? How do you make it an Ann Wilson song? You know, after if something is kind of ingrained in a lot of people's minds, of oh, this is this is a great version. How yeah. does Ann Wilson add her secret sauce to these covers?
0: Well, as a producer, my ideas are for Missionary Men, for example. I just wanted to make that beat as big a production as I could, make it into a great big mega church production with a gospel choir and Kenny Wayne Shepherd and just get it just rocking in this big way. And then when I sang it, I sang it like me. <laughs> I was born in a- If I had a dollar bill for all the things I'd done, there'd be a mountain of money piled up to my chin. My mama told me good, my mama told me strong. She said, be true to yourself. It can't go wrong but there's just one thing that you got to understand you can fool with your brother but don't mess with the missionary man don't with uh, with
2: Vince Gill did you envision love of my life with Vince Gill did you already know this when you decided you wanted to record the song
0: I think that yeah I think I kind of did because that song is so simple and beautiful that It couldn't have like a Tom Waits type male voice on it. It had to have the voice of a man angel. So Vince, you know, I mean, I never dreamed I could convince royalty to actually perform on my record, but he didn't take much convincing. He liked the idea and he drove down to Muscle Shoals by himself one night from Nashville and we just did it. He
2: probably uh, thought the same thing of you that I can't believe I get to work with rock royalty. (laughs)
0: was a good crossroads you know
1: yeah crossroads is perfect example were you friends with Vince before did you know of him it seems like everyone is has been new that's coming into this album it seems like you're bringing in a a whole new lineup of exciting musicians and
0: that's pretty much the truth I had worked with Vince a couple of times in the past in like songwriting events and stuff like that where there's a panel Of singers And Vince would be sitting on it and I would be sitting on it. And um, we crossed paths that way at different events. But um, this is the first time we worked together, seriously. And the same with, I've known Warren Haynes for about five years. And he invited me to sit in with Government Mule a few times, which I did. And we really hit it off and we wanted to write together. So Warren came and uh, lent his Hmm. incredible talent to this.
2: Can you go directly to these guys or do you have to do you, do you go through management or can you just call them up and go, hey, Vince?
0: Well, you want to be respectful. <laughs> so so you don't just like, hi, Vince, how are you doing? <laughs> well, we're having dinner, you know. No, you don't do that. You're respectful. And maybe you ask their manager whether they think they'd even be interested. And then Vince would say to his manager, yeah, sure, have her call me up. And then I call him up. You know?
1: Okay. So we talked a little bit of cover songs, but there's some originals. The first single is Greed. Is this something based on your life or something that you've observed from industry or what was the impetus for the song Greed?
0: Well, both. Mostly industry, but not just even industry, just humanity seems to be operating from a real platform of greed these days in terms of the political situation and the disparity between rich and poor and all those kinds of things. It's its just so glaring now. And even somebody who wants to wage a war, there's a greedy grab for more land, you know. And I like to take it more universal anyway. What happens in my life isn't that important. If these songs can be relevant on a higher level, that makes me really happy. I'm an angel I'm a lush I want nothing, I want-
1: So you you are taking this new band out on the road. These are the players that you played with on the album. What is it called? They're Amazing Dogs, right?
0: Yeah, and I met them when I went down to Muscle Shoals to record this stuff. And uh, we hit it off so much that we decided to be a band and take it out on the road. And they're writing with me. I mean, seven of the 11 songs on Fierce Bliss are original, like new original songs that I've written. So we have been continuing to write now for whatever comes next. Great players.
1: Are you doing it like Nashville? Are you locking yourself in a room and then just hoping some song comes comes out? out? Yeah. Well, we don't just
0: go into a locked room with no ideas.
1: That's how it happens in Nashville, though. Not with me. (laughs) No,
0: I I like to come armed with ideas and concepts and everything. And then I get with the dogs and they definitely, especially Tom Bukovac, Mm -hmm. has great musical ideas. And they come to him really quick and easy. And it's really easy to come up with a great song like Greed, you know, in a day with him. Did you
2: name the band or did they name the band?
0: Uh, Actually, my husband did. It's because that's what they are. They're fucking amazing. And and they are on this super high musical level that I've never worked with before. So it's all a level up for me in every way. I don't have any calculating plan for the future. You know, I'm just
1: Mm -hmm. taking it
0: one project at a time and just trying to get better and better and move it up more and more
1: talking with ann wilson of heart she's got a solo album it's called fierce bliss we are going to take a break right now and we shall return i promise
3: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds
2: Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our very super Mondo special guest, Ann Wilson.
1: So now it's solo Ann Wilson. You don't have the name Hart behind you. Is that freeing for you when you're out on stage? And, and how do you pick a set list for Ann Wilson instead of Hart?
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, people come into the shows, they make it really clear that they are super disappointed. you don't do Barracuda or crazy on you or something, they're they're sort of disappointed, you know.
2: Is the audience receptive to the new stuff, too? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, they are.
1: You don't feel an obligation to sing, you know, Barracuda at an Ann Wilson show?
0: Well, I like to. (laughs) Okay. I don't feel obligated, but I like to do it because people love it.
2: How many heart songs would you throw into a set? Well,
0: in a two-hour set, I'd probably do about five of them. That seems like a good mix.
1: It must be nice, instead of playing, like, these big sheds, uh, you're playing intimate theaters or, you know, like uh, you're in Los Angeles, you're playing the El Rey theater, which maybe 2000. Right. That's exciting. Right. Is that exciting for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, we're playing places like the New York city winery and the Capitol theater and beacon and all that. So yeah, it's, it's really a nice departure from the great big nameless sheds, you know, <laughs>
2: Obviously, you've had a, a huge influence on rock bands and female-fronted rock bands across all decades, but I read her, an interview recently with Lizzie Hale,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she yep. she talks about you. Are there any women of this genre in this generation that you really that you would like to work with, that you feel a, like well, a kinship with? Lizzie Hale's
0: with? a good one. <laughs> Lizzie yeah. Hale's a good one. Lucinda Williams. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I don't really separate people out according to their gender. I mean... I would put people together according to their musicianship mm-hmm. rather than their gender. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. But I only, you know, these bands cite you as examples and yeah, of rock, of just, of a rock singer, of simply a rock singer. But I think some of the can't them can't help, mm-hmm. you know, feeling a kinship because you are female and, you know, she mentioned Lizzie specifically right. mentioned how women were traditionally treated in the industry. So it's a different kind of bond. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
1: for sure. I watched for your rock and roll induction. It was Chris Cornell inducted you, which is phenomenal. What a treat. But with every speech, they seem to be like they mentioned, you know, Ann Wilson can sing with, the, with any male singer. Does that do you hear speeches like that all the time? I mean, is it is it tough to, to I mean, you're one of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time, period it always feels like there's some sort of caveat, like Ann Wilson, one of the best female singers. Is that mean,
0: Yeah, Uh, that's been in place since we began, even being in a band. Mm -hmm. My sister Nancy would get backhanded compliments like, wow, you're such a great guitar player for a girl, you know, that (laughs) type of stuff, where it sometimes feels like to abolish the, The female singer list and the singer list will never change. There's no way that the genders can just represent themselves as people. No, they have to represent. Do you have ovaries or not? You know, I mean, it's so awkward and meaningless.
2: It is. It is. And it's, and it's unfortunate, but still Mm -hmm. with uh, like with the rock hall, Whereas mentioned, you know, every year and now you have like the Go-Go's talking about how females were traditionally underrepresented, that is the case. Even though it should be, you know, across all genders, it shouldn't matter at all. It really is still the case. So it's hard Mm -hmm. not to express the want of more female artists in the rock hall.
0: Yeah, that'll be good when, when women rise to the level of mastery and they deserve being in the rock hall, then I'd say it's, it's fair. You know, I just really can't move away from that desire that I've had for 40 years to have, there be one list that says singers.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. For the Grammys, it should just be singers. We're
2: definitely moving in that direction. I mean, especially with new generations
0: and to not push on that is the same thing as us just sitting back and saying, Oh, boys will be boys. So it's okay, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Anyway.
1: Yeah. I, and I'm <laughs> sure as back to the rock, hall as I was looking at the, you know, like the rock hall, I, you know, the Eurythmics and Pat Benatar are in there. And I was just thinking back at like probably in like 1980 around that time when they, you know, you know like Pat Benatar, I, I, am sure you heard the conversation we can't play this heart single because we're already playing Pat Benatar and we're playing the pretenders. We can't play those yeah. back to back. Is, did you hear that a lot back then? Is that, and you had to accept that?
0: What you mean back in the seventies or eighties? Yeah. Or yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, you yeah, I guess you were
1: the biggest band in the world. And yet you still couldn't hear two females back to back.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way around it. I mean, the only way to have people accept you in 2022, I think in the rock hall is to be, a oh, woman, right. I, I'm just so uncomfortable with that because I know so many great musicians that don't fit the mm. criteria that you have to have, you know.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate. And again, though, I, I, I think with the, gen- the new generations coming up, they're kind of moving away from, you know, yeah. what you traditionally yeah. had to have or had to look look like. or
0: For sure, yeah. You know? Yeah,
2: like Annie Lennox, you talk about missionary man. I mean... Yeah.
1: Do you do you know? Are you friends yeah. with Annie? Did you did you ask the artist? Like, I'm going to do your song. Is that? Do you, I mean, you don't need to, but do you ask for permission or try and get their their blessings?
0: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because I'm just uh, reinterpreting that song. I have not met Annie. I met Dave Stewart, but I never met uh, oh, really? Annie. Oh, she's one of my favorite singers. I just I- love her.
1: I'm sure she'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah. I'm sure
2: she'd give her blessing too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have to ask about, we we talk solo album. I I have to bring up heart a little bit and, and just if you can bring in some insight into sibling rivalries, you know, there's the Davies and the Gallagher brothers and the Everly (laughs) brothers. And what is it about siblings that's, you know, all bands have trouble getting along, but it seems like sometimes siblings tend to get special attention.
0: Well, the, the band would be sort of like an extension of the family, right? Yeah. And so if you've been each other's, like, if you've been children together, sharing a bedroom in your parents' house and being with the family and all that around the dinner table, I mean, after 45 years of that, <laughs> you might get a little bit, you'd want to be free of it. And uh, Nancy and I are no exception. We're siblings and... uh there are things about each other that irritate each other, but mostly we love each other and we can go on and be happy, both together and apart.
1: So you do imagine a future with hearts that uh it's gonna go on sure. eventually.
0: Sure. Next year is our fiftieth anniversary and we're planning a bunch of stuff for that. So yeah, definitely. Oh, that'll be fun. Does
1: that blow your <laughs> mind though when you think about like fifty years, 50 is, years. that's insane.
0: Yeah, it is. Especially all the places we've been and the different shows we've done and and, uh, countries and all that. It's pretty amazing.
2: All right. I have to ask, because we like to ask this question of musicians with kids, do your kids have yours and Nancy's also have an appreciation for you and your legacy. And do they listen to you and the types of type of music that you, that you play or that you like? They do
0: now. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, Mike, especially my daughter grew up, listening to the music I like and the music I was doing. <laughs> She's really comfortable with it. I'm not so sure about my son. He's a policeman now, <laughs> but she definitely loves all the music that she grew up with. It's almost sacred to her, you know?
1: It must be interesting because you're like, uh, you look at your kids and like, oh my God, I wrote this song when I was your age or, you know, it's, you, you go through these, right. there's certain moments again with them, uh, you know, after 50 yeah, years. my
0: daughter's, my daughter's 31 so and she was born in 1991, right? So that was after the 80s, after Hart came mm-hmm. in off the road from those big mega tours and all that. And so her first memory is of being in Seattle during the grunge era. That's when she came to consciousness. And she wasn't even really aware of Heart in the 70s or Heart in the 80s because she wasn't born yet. <laughs> so the first thing she remembers is the Road Home album with John Paul Jones producing. And um, all the people that have worked with me, she considers to be unc- like Uncle John Paul and Uncle Todd Rudgren, and <laughs> Uncle D- this and that, you know, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty cute.
2: It's very sweet. But you, uh, you, you want them to get the full, yeah. we want them to get the full impact of your legacy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, she was on the road with me for, for years. I mean, when she was a little kid, she was already out on the road being taken to Japan and Europe and, you know, buying a little navy coat at Harrods in London and stuff like that. And, uh, so she has been more places by the time she was ten hmm. than most kids go in their whole lives.
2: Hopefully, she appreciates that and how different that is from yep. other yep. other kids. What
1: does she do? Is she also uh, an artist, yeah. or is she take? Is she an art- She's an artist for oh. sure. Oh, okay.
0: And, uh, drawing and painting. She's really, really good. She has a special proclivity with language. And so she's a great writer. I just think someday she's going to write a book and illustrate it herself. Mm. You know, I mean, she's just got this fertile imagination that was built from the magic of childhood traveling around the world, you know, with her yeah. family. So,
2: yeah. She has the angle, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Perhaps, a, yeah, mother-daughter project. Maybe she can help you uh, write a few write a few songs.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, you, you have this great duet with uh with Vince Gill and we're an eighties podcast, so I should ask you about Almost Paradise and yeah. uh, and Mike Reno and how that came about. That seemed it I mean it was a great it's a great song and did you guys know each other at the time or how'd that come about?
0: We didn't know each other. The choice of Mike Reno was a record company choice. They asked me who I would want to do it with and I had Suggestions like Paul Rogers and Lou Graham, who were the cool singers of that moment, you know. And they went, okay, thanks for your ideas, but it's going to be Mike <laughs> Reno. <laughs> so, uh, and as it turned out, it, it worked out great. I thought that dreams belonged to other men. Cause each time I got close, they fall apart again. the night. yeah we sang well together and it was easy and it sounded great so you know I was complaining
1: yeah right do you ever do you you bring that to the stage at all that song to the stage at all
0: I have a couple of times I sang it once with um, Kenny Loggins
1: oh
0: it's a cool song yeah yes it is
1: and also, uh, Robin Zander, you did for Tequila Sunrise. That was a—that's another yeah. good song. Like these power ballads. I mean, that's. Do you love the? Do you love the power ballad? <laughs> or what?
0: I especially did in the '80s. Yeah. And, and uh, as a singer, power ballads are just thrilling to sing. You can really just like get into them and just pour yourself into them. And Robin Zander is one of my favorite singers of all time. I mean, he is a at least a quadruple threat. He can sing with Cheap Trick. He can go home and sing operetta. He, he he can do it all. So singing Surrender to Me didn't even touch one-tenth of what he's capable of, but he's got that soul that can really, really open up. Is it that we've been together much too long? The answer may not be in black and white. We're always trying
1: We're
2: there. We're coming to the L
1: Ray. So that's what we're going to hope for. Some duets. Yeah, we'll bring. Yeah, see if Robin's in town. We'll bring him okay, in. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Okay. So, what can we expect at the L Ray? What uh, What are you bringing?
0: I'm bringing my band, The Amazing Dogs, and uh, I'm bringing uh, a set that's probably about two hours long, and it's it's got a s- small percentage of heart songs, and it's got new stuff that I've written, and it's got some covers. It's a great show.
1: That's phenomenal. Oh, speaking of covers, the cover of your album, Fierce Bliss. Uh, yeah. Uh, were you familiar with this artist who's created some yes iconic yes covers? <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was familiar with. it. Okay, with but that, did you yeah. know what did? How did that process come about? Because that's it's a great looking cover and it's uh, you know a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's cool. Well, we're going to release this album on vinyl too, so I wanted some album art that would really be worth the great big square cover that's going to come with it. So I thought it's kind of a retro idea. So I thought back, who's the coolest artist I can remember (laughs) from the album cover days, you know, and it was Roger Dean because he's such a great fantasy artist. So I got in touch with him and I told him the title of the album and he really liked it. So he sent me some ideas and one of them was the parrot on ice, which turned out to be the cover. I liked it. He took it and pumped it up and Tweaked it the way he wanted it and just made it more and more fantastic, and it, that's what we have.
2: It's beautiful. The colors are beautiful too. It's perfect.
1: Is that going to be a concert T-shirt? Is that uh, is that what the, the Ann Wilson concert T is going to look like this year? Yeah, we already have them. Yeah,
0: of course. Yep. All right. Yep. And <laughs> hoodies and everything.
1: All right. Woo! So fierce bliss available on LP, cassette, and A track Is that what's happening? Is it?
0: Yeah. Really. <laughs>
1: we've had a number of rock and roll Hall of Famers, but you're our first vocalist so that's a it's very exciting for us to to speak with you and yeah oh, well, what a thank treat you thank you what a treat thanks Anne and good luck with the album it's fierce bliss it's out now
2: okay. happy
0: touring
1: yeah yeah we look forward to seeing okay. you out in the road
0: thank you so much have, uh, have a good day you guys bye-bye thank
1: you. Hall of Famer Ann Wilson of heart. That was wonderful to, to speak with an iconic vocalist. One of the I, I'm trying to go down the line of my favorite vocalists of all time, like rock and roll singers. She's right up there. Her
2: voice is fabulous. She really is a phenomena, phenomenon. She's a phenomenon.
1: Do 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 do.
2: <laughs> That's a phenomenon.
1: Oh, do 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 do.
2: A well deserved rock and roll hall of famer.
1: Yeah. So it was a treat for us. I hope it was a treat for you. If you love us, we have a new episode every Friday. Please follow and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. You can find us on social media. Where is that?
2: WDDIM podcast and on YouTube. What Difference Does It Make podcast? And you will find lots and lots of good stuff. Promise you.
1: Always a lot of goodies. So thank you for listening. Again, subscribe, like, give a review. If this is your first time, welcome to it. Uh, And uh, thank you so much for joining us. New episodes every Friday. So until then, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later.
2: Over and out.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.